Hello there. Welcome back if you've been away and welcome if you're new. My name is Kevin. This is the Yoga Life Podcast. You probably know that already because you imagine you clicked on it. You didn't just click on anything with your eyes closed. And in this podcast, we talk about yoga and life. But sometimes we we go off track like I'm doing with this intro right now. Um, so let me get back on track. This podcast and this episode is brought to you by The Nature of Things. Who are they? I hear you, you cry. Well, they are the Rolls Royce of essential oils. There, yeah, I said it. Can't take it back. I just had a bath installed in my house, which is a big thing for me because we've been waiting ages to get it done. My dad did it, so. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, it's, these things take time. And when I had the bath, I thought, what am I going to do to spice this up a little bit? Put my Epsom salts in, my Epsom salts in, articulate your words, your words Kev, ironic. And then I put in some um, chamomile, or in French, I believe it's chamomile. So I put that in, and um, oh man, it made a difference. You know, I, I'm not too clued up on the aromatherapy side of things, but I know I'm not a good smell when I smell it. And uh, the nature of things do it to the top level. If you'd like to check out their stuff, whether that's the oils or the diffusers, you can go onto the nature of things.ie and you can put in the promo code yoga life one word and you'll get 10% off all products this podcast is also brought to you by small changes who are they you hear you cry once more if you haven't listened to this podcast before well they are a whole food store based here in dublin and um yeah they i don't have a promo code for them they don't have, they don't do anything online but if you'd like to go in and get some organic produce, uh, or even if you'd like to go down to the new coffee shop in Kilmainham, that's in South Dublin, go for it. You're free. You can do that. If you've got money, you can use that money to buy products and services. Good, isn't it? Yeah, so do that. Um, yeah, th- this episode is with my guest of the week, who is Joanne King. And uh, if you're a fan of the Tudors or Casualty back in the day, I don't know if Casualty is still going. Um, I assume it is. It's been on TV for years. I remember when I was a kid, actually. But yeah, she was on the the the. Uh, she was on those shows. She was an actress, uh, kind of big time back in London, and she just moved back to Dublin. She's now uh, pregnant, her and her partner, and they are. Um, so she's teaching yoga and she's doing pregnancy workshops, women's health workshops. So I brought her in to talk about that. I was also interested to talk about a little bit about the acting side, but I didn't actually get a chance to do that. <laughs> I, sometimes you get steered off track with these things. But um, she was very uh, lovely, very interesting. And uh, I hope this podcast can, you uh, it, it gives you some, some insights, maybe entertains you a little bit and uh, just allows you to, listening to a conversation without feeling like you need to respond if you enjoy it at any stage all you got to do is share it with one of your friends on your instagram stories or maybe you just tell someone in real life go oi mary i heard this podcast the other day it was pretty good you want to check it out there you go that's how you do it and if you'd like to leave a review again you could just do it say to one of your friends but what would be even better is to go onto itunes and say whatever you want to say about this podcast I um I got a workshop coming up, as you probably know already, next week, which is in Sligo on the 14th of December, handstands. And I got big things coming up for uh, next year, but I'm gonna announce that closer towards the end of this year. You know, let's let's walk before we can run. If you uh, have any questions or comments, please feel free to get in touch. I'm gonna start introducing live phone-ins and where you can leave you can leave now leave a voice note so you can ask a question or make a comment and i play it live on air and then we talk about your point which is pretty sick that means good okay i'm down with the kids all right um anyway i'm waffling now i appreciate you listen and uh, without further ado here's joe hey joe Hey, <laughs> how are you? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for coming. Not at all. I've got thanks my um, I've got my notes here. Okay. Um, the first time, w- well, we got in touch. Well, I got in touch with you, was I was looking through the Google, and uh, I put in Jung and yoga, and because I went to this Carl Jung talk in the space between. Oh yeah. Which is a a new studio here in Dublin. Yeah, lovely studio. And and what I what I found quite interesting in this in this 
talk was about integrating your shadow and how like essentially we have a dark side, mm-hmm. some of us, uh, an animalistic side that sometimes we don't like to acknowledge and we don't know how to express it. And it made me think about how in yoga, if you notice on, on social media, it's all sweetness and light, mm-hmm. you know, isn't no. it? <laughs> but, you know, pe- people, it's much safer to talk about like live every day like it's your last and drink your green smoothies and that that type of thing you know um because if we we, people i think are kind of afraid to explore the darker side of their soul as it Mm. were and i was quite interested to see how does jung how could jung's philosophies tie into yoga and that's how i came across your website because not many people talk about um carl jung and um i um I know that, w- w- as as in terms of f- f- philosophy, when you're when I'm speaking in class, I try to get people to not necessarily. I don't. I'm not trying to like teach them the history of yoga, but I'm trying to encourage them to to question their own thoughts. Mm. Um, is th- is it something that um, w- what's interested you in in Jung? Yeah. Well, first. Uh, I should say that I'm definitely not, uh, you know, a scholar of Carl Jung, but I have an interest like you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I suppose he was a he was someone who studied and spoke a lot about the unconscious Mm. and um, bringing the unconscious into the conscious. So bringing the darkness into the light. Mm. And yeah. And so for me, that's always been the sort of uh, the the real juice of the spiritual practice. You know, um, it is. It, it's probably more uh, tasty and quick to think of the new, you know, the um, the uh, <laughs> the lighter side, the Instagram side, like yeah. you say. And yet there's so much uh, richness that we get when we do start to delve into the parts of us that are not so pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is my interest. And I've just read a lot of his stuff and I'm interested in his uh, uh, his terms and mm. um and then how you can weave uh, uh, Jungian philosophy or um, uh, philosophy itself just into these more modern arts or mm. um, ancient spiritual art practices um, and how it all essentially all s- keeps coming back to the same place or mm. the lessons keep kind of, you know, they pop up in so many different places. Um, yeah, there's tons of overlap because... Oh, you know, uh, India has uh, a rich history and, I mean, the yoga that we're teaching here in Europe is heavily influenced by India, obviously. But that doesn't mean it has to be exclusive, like Hinduism that you're sharing mm. or, or even Buddhism. It can be Stoicism. You can be sharing different types of philosophies. But I think, as you mentioned, it comes back to the conscious, the unconscious mm. and what um, the, the internal narrative that we have. Because yeah. I've realized that one of the great things for me about practicing yoga is I'm more emotionally resilient. Mm-hmm. I am, like recently, my my apartment flooded, essentially. Well, did, yeah, it flooded. You can probably tell by the floorboards downstairs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and things, are, things are over the last few weeks have been quite difficult for me. I've had mm-hmm. some, a lot of stuff going on. But what I've realized is that I, sometimes you can't, control those factors mm. but you can control how you react to mm-hmm. it and and it it's it when i have people come into class and sometimes if you use like sanskrit words or um you use you're referring to people that they've never heard of it can kind of alienate people mm. but you can really simplify it and say look we all have thoughts in our head some of them we're not necessarily proud of we've <laughs> we've done behaviors sometimes that we're not proud of but we have the ability to change mm-hmm. if we can observe our thoughts and um do you how do you um like how would you for example thread Jung into your class or how have you done that sure, yeah. i'm looking to steal ideas basically oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> to no be inspired pressure now. <laughs> but uh well i suppose i think you've just said it there i think for me the the i suppose my whole spiritual journey is how can i 
uh, relate to this and how can I then as a teacher make it relatable mm. um, so uh, you know I'm sure you consider an academic young um, a philosophical debate or lecture and it can go right over your head in the same way as you could sit in a class where a teacher's spouting only Sanskrit mm. and you could completely feel that this is a practice that's not for you mm-hmm. so you know we have this wonderful opportunity with yoga where it's it's an embodied practice so you know we all have a body so there's a good starting point <laughs> and uh, and then we all have a mind and really then I, I think um, again I really am not a scholar of Carl Jung but I think what his gift was is that he did really uh, um, offer to humanity that we are all the same, you know, that that we have the actual, uh, we have this quite um, structured way of living in our conscious or unconscious or subconscious and that just like yoga is a science and a technique and it can unfurl on the mat you know we can sort of unfurl our minds in front of us if we're mm. open to that if we're yeah. willing you know mm-hmm. and i suppose that's what the yogis spoke of you know uh, like uh, turning towards the ego and looking at the ego and not either letting it run the show or run ru- run away from it mm. um and H- yeah how do you how do you then relate that to because it seems like you're specialising, or, or one of the areas you're interested in is women's health and, and women's mm. well-being, and, and you're a woman. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but but yeah, okay. I'm pregnant. Yes, okay, I right. know you were. Just <laughs> <laughs> a your pregnant poem. woman. As a pregnant woman, yeah, exactly. Uh, so <laughs> that is an area that interests you. So how how do you communicate? Uh, to women and when you're having these workshops what Mm. is what have you found to be maybe that potentially women are lacking or where there's a need yeah um well again i think it is all part of that same thread of like the moment that we can make the side of ourselves that we don't put out in the world so easily um something that that you know we turn towards and we have that you know what the buddha called the metta the kindness for our own suffering our own ego whatever you might call it on a particular day um we kind of breathe a sigh of relief (laughs) and that's what i love about the (laughs) yoga room you know it kind of like you go in and you might have your mala beads and think that everyone's better at chaturanga than you and suddenly after a little while you're in a room full of people who are pretty much the same as you who all have their own struggles um and and we start to find what's relatable so that's why i love working with women because i am a woman and that's a good starting point (laughs) you know um and and uh, probably just completely through my own journey, just finding that the kind, compassionate voice is the one that I need most. And mm. uh, that's what I need from a teacher, you know, uh, not necessarily all the time and not molly coddling and, you know, uh, mm. definitely not um, uh, turning the blinkers on, but certainly being in a room full of people where I can be vulnerable. Mm. And I think that's what the practice offers us if we're open to it. You know, can you actually are you willing to be vulnerable and therefore s- m- m- discover a lot about mm. yourself? So, yeah, so for m- for me as a facilitator of women's work, I think vulnerability is a big word. Um, and I think it's key to the human experience, but I certainly think it's a journey for women to allow ourselves to be really vulnerable amongst other women. You know, there's... We could go into, you know, the 2,000 years of patriarchy that's, you know, made our sisters slightly <laughs> separate from each other and made us compete and yeah. um, and all of that. So, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, I could talk about this for hours. And but they, yeah. they, that is, um, I mean, more and more people live alone now. They, when they bring up their children, they um, don't necessarily have, we were just talking about this, how, you know, you've come back to Dublin mm. from living in London. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're pregnant and you want to raise your child in Dublin. Mm. And that ki- connection between the th- three generations is something that it is lost in Ireland now with so many people going over to Australia or England like it was back in the 70s, like my parents did. Mm. And that's a real shame because you, I mean, what's more important than your family? Ho- I mean, if you get on with your family, that is. <laughs> <laughs> and some families. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> 
So, but 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 now we're finding that we we live alone a lot more, and we don't have the support network. And if you're uh, someone has to bring up a child, and say your partner is going to work or you're going to work, mm. it can be a really lonely ex- experience. Mm. I am I imagine, mm. um, and therefore. There's a lot more options, I think, for men to like join teams, football teams. I mean, there is for women as well, but it's just not as obvious, I think, in, in our society. And therefore, I see a huge growth in these women's circles and women's meetups. Mm. And um, and I think it's it's needed because, as you said, um, the, the patriarchy. Um, well, when you say the patriarchy, do you mean like as in... What do you mean? Oh God! <laughs> I, I know, I know what the patriarchy, the word means, but how how has that uh, affected women? Do you think in a negative way? Sure. Well, I suppose uh, the thing to say is that when I use the word patriarchy, I'm using it really broadly, um, and I'm definitely not uh, um, using it to uh, as a uh, to say that it's men, yeah, and 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 that it's what what's been done onto women, which yeah. is very often how you know um, minimal of the, de- the debate can be made. Yeah. True. Or black and white. Um, uh, well, I suppose we have been living in a systemized kind of approach to life that now people are recognizing doesn't work and, and want to change, or certainly that's what I observe. Mm. Um, and uh, some of the way that we've kind of uh, created our world, we, we want to change. And for some reason, um, it seems to be the time for women to kind of use their voice and... Um, uh, and be heard uh, mm. in what it might take to change that you know yeah. um and yeah i think you know this is the first generation where we have the opportunity to really use that voice you've kind of broken away from the stereotypical norms of what it is to be a woman or back to the 50s the housewife or you know mm. even it, uh, it's interesting when you think when you say like men have football groups and um you know, a lot of what w- women might have done uh, coming together was around the children, but that's not necessarily the case anymore. Mm. You know, a lot of women are, don't have children or, you know, um, men are raising children without mothers. And, you know, so there's a, it, that, that whole thing around the children has also expanded mm. um, and become a lot more broad. Um, so... Yeah, I hear, th- I hear that. Uh, that makes sense. I mean, it's we forget sometimes that Two generations ago, essentially, it was arranged marriages. <laughs> Even in Ireland, like, you know, from my great-grandparents, pretty much, you know, you go to the fair and they say, do you fancy this one? And you put them together. That's kind of <laughs> how it went back in the day. And you stay. <laughs> and you stay together. Um, and then, you know, in the, in the 50s, um, women were kind of confined to the, the house. And, um, yeah, I suppose it's it's really like you have the, the the revolution of the 60s and 70s in in England that kind of happened a bit in Ireland I imagine but um but th- yeah things have, have changed a lot and um I mean I don't think much has changed for men but um <laughs> I mean th- did it need to change really uh, like you know I I don't feel I feel perfectly fine as, as a man <laughs> society I don't feel like repressed or anything so um but I do think that if you have kids because I would like to, you know, one day be a father. Um, you are, you you have potentially to be feel very lonely, but also I've heard that when you have kids, you actually meet new people because you actually social have you, you socialize with the people yeah. who have kids as well, and it opens up to n- in new circles. New lo- yeah, yeah. But when you do, have you done that workshop yet in in Re- Reformation? Pregnancy. Have you is d- it? Have yeah, 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 last week. It was yeah. last week. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, so there's another one coming up. But yeah. Okay, in Reformation. <laughs> in Reformation. <laughs> uh, and in those workshops, what do you? I assume it's all women. What do we do? It is all women. You so can't. Far. A fella can't come with his missus. Uh, n- at the moment, no. That particular workshop is just a women's yoga. It's it's yoga modified for pregnancy and um, breath techniques um, yeah. and visualization meditation. So it's just it's just a yoga workshop. Um, most of the uh, offerings for pregnant women in terms of bringing a child into the world do include the partner, if there is a partner, of course. Yeah. Um, 
uh, active birthing and hypno birthing, but this particular workshop is just a, a yoga workshop. What's, so. what's hypno birthing? Yeah, good question. Like hypnotherapy. Well, I'm learning it at the weekend, so I'll tell you more. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Uh, it's uh, it's hypnotherapy for uh, your labour process, your pregnancy, but also, but 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 m- mainly the actual process of labour. Um, right. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. uh, um, Self hypnosis. Yeah. And when when women are doing yoga and they're pregnant, what can't they do? Because I've heard different things at sure, different stages. Yeah. What's like a no no? You have to come to a class. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there are contraindications and um, throughout yes. each trimester. Um, but like you know, in a nutshell, you don't want to be lying on your belly after twelve weeks, mm. um, mainly because you will feel that you don't want to do that. Uh, you don't necessarily want to be twisting or compressing the the belly any uh, I mean to be honest uh, this is my first time being pregnant and I've taught taught pregnancy yoga for a long time um it's it becomes very obvious what you do want to do and what feels unnatural so anything that compresses tightens the belly you don't really want to be doing too much of that mm. um uh you don't want to overheat um what about and down, I've heard that if you do downward facing dog it can breach the baby or the baby can breach is that no i mean <laughs> i don't want to uh debate your resources but uh i i would actually argue that it could actually do the opposite if you were in 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 a healthy downward facing dog and you weren't holding it too long and mm. your body felt okay in that pose if your baby was breached you it could actually have a lot more room to move into optimum position i would say but mm. again it's it's all of it is open to debate like all of yeah. yoga you know people will have their preferences and um at the end of the day it is a self practice you know so mm. you will keep coming back again and again to actually what feels good and uh, um l- most of the f- the lovely literature i'm reading about pregnancy at the moment is really about that philosophy if it feels good it probably is good is mm. you know the kind of philosophy yeah. the the good <laughs> midwives seem to adhere to and i, th- I think in general, if you're encouraging people to do yoga and they they can they're more in touch with their senses and how they feel in their body, then that's beneficial for for anyone, but particularly for pregnant women because yeah. because and and also if you I think if you've done yoga a lot before, say you've done maybe uh, handstands before yeah. and you're you're pregnant, I think it's a good idea. I I just I'm assuming here that you try to keep. Uh, this a similar lifestyle that you've always had even when you're pregnant so you don't like stop completely whatever you're doing but at the same time if you've never done any physical activity doing a um, strenuous yoga class when you're pregnant might not be a, a good idea because yeah. i've seen a picture of a crossfit lady <laughs> and she's it's a really famous picture she's heavily pregnant wow. she's lifting like a big uh she's deadlifting a, a lot of weight wow. and it um it was on the f- front cover of some magazine some sports magazine and people were up in arms about it but some people were saying look she's always done this mm. this is she's a, an athlete yeah. it's uh, what her body's used to yeah um so i would that i mean would that be a fair thing to consider yeah well i think you know it's like it, it's a great opportunity to really practice yoga in every sense in terms of you don't know you don't know until you yourself uniquely are pregnant and what that particular pregnancy is bringing to your physical body emotional body every part of your body in that you know that particular pregnancy a woman could have four pregnancies and they could all be wildly different she might be able to lift deadlifts on one and be on the couch for nine months on the other do you know what i mean (laughs) so it's like it's like you know i think it's a wonderful opportunity to actually really practice your yoga which is you can't possibly know from moment to moment what your experience is so are you that can you be that open Mm. you know can you actually dissolve your ideas and belief systems to such a point that you are open moment to moment and that's that is the journey of pregnancy because you are changing in every moment like Mm. literally your body is different every day Mm -hmm. and and you genuinely don't know what's coming next so i think the less fixed you can be on what my practice was before or you know this has always been the better and you know and having said that then i i think a lot of the uh, you'll read and a lot of just uh, 
sorry, one of the things about being pregnant is you can't actually get your words out of your mouth <laughs> <laughs> or formulate them in your brain. Um, but I think a lot of sports does advocate doing what you've done before. You know, it's, you, you read it a lot and yeah. um, Jim Blurb and yeah. And so if that works for you, I think it's great. Like for me, I've always been quite active in this pregnancy. I'm very active, but I want to do things like dance and swim. I, you know, I lifted some, I did body pump the other day and I was just every part of me was like, I want to get out, <laughs> I, you know, and the, the weights were getting lighter and lighter until I was just kind of picking one up with my little finger <laughs> by the end. Um, but that, you know, that's just my own just feeling on it, my own, you know, yeah. how I feel. You yeah. know, we, we um, Max Strom says, yeah. says that it's amazing how one of the few times in life we teach someone to breathe is when they're pregnant, when pregnant. They're pregnant. Yeah. You know, and and that, and where you're performing one of the most dif physically difficult acts a human can do yeah. is to give birth, and uh, which just goes to show you the the power of the breath. Yeah. Um, when you're when you're breathing in, like when you're pregnant, is it? I've seen it on on TV. You know, there's kind of like almost like a kapalabhati type yeah, breathing, yeah, like yeah, sharp yeah. exhales. Sharp is, is that Is that the optimal way to... Mm, I don't know. I think there used to be some f uh, science around breathing out the mouth and in the nose used to be kind of called birthing breath. Yeah. But nowadays, I kind of, I think it's more, there's more of an openness around it, which is just if you're breathing and you're conscious of your breath, you're still alive, eh? And y you're bringing... Um, awareness to the activity that's going on which is the main thing so I think nowadays they encourage women to breathe in a way that is supportive to them mm -hmm. um, but you can you know there are all sorts of sort of nice pranayam practices you can bring into the labor process and into your pregnancy and like you say you know I've, I'm also a student of Max and uh, I remember him saying that and uh, I think uh, I remember picking up on how interesting is it that we will do these practices so easily for the thought of somebody else that you're, you know, like, oh, yeah. I'm pregnant. I'm this True. is for my baby. Mm. And yet getting ourselves to do those pranayam practices every day and committing to that discipline is harder when we're trying to commit to something mm. for the good of our own health. You know, it's, so. it's hard, though, to sit in a room and just breathe and that's <laughs> that it, i mean and that's coming from a, a yoga teacher what i found and jonah kest said this brilliantly once uh jonah kest is the the nephew of, of brian, brian kest yeah, who's yeah. like the power yoga um god <laughs> i suppose you call him um and he said that once this is this is a breathing class the movement is secondary and it, i know it sounds so simple mm. But you're like, oh, yeah, OK, mm. this is a breathing class. And it's almost like the movement is your cue to breathe to as opposed to the other way, other way around. Yeah. Which is no matter how many times you, you well, no, sorry. You can say that a lot to people, but they have to realize they have to come to that realization themselves. And it just takes practice, doesn't mm. it? Like moving and breathing together. But even me, I find it hard to sit in a room and just do my breathing. Um but I think, but I think we need we need physical exertion because we don't get it anymore. Yeah. You know, in in modern life, we're sitting down all the time. Um, and also, as well, I find that in a class, when you're moving and you're breathing, you become more emotionally available, more emotionally open. Mm. And th and this is I've learned some like um, brilliant um, kind of uh, what's the word? I've I've enriched my knowledge of philosophy mostly in yoga classes when the teacher said something i've gone oh i'm yeah. going to look that up or learn more about that yeah. or if someone's to say that to that to me uh, in the middle of the day i'll be like yeah what if i'm busy doing thinking too yes, much and not yeah. feeling enough yeah. um and this is i wanted to actually ask you about mm. um celtic spirituality <laughs> again i'm like i need to check my website <laughs> my copyright <laughs> yeah, <got it. laughs> but but yes, that, that that is, I mean, something I don't. I used to love it. My old man would tell me stories about like um, um, like Celtic tales and this this type of thing. And I think that um, when you're in a class, it's great when some like I love it at the end when the teacher tells you a story, yeah, or reads you a poem or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I don't. Um, I don't. 
I'd like to do that more. Do you, do you weave any kind of uh, poetry or anything like that into your Yeah, classes? very much so. That's uh, obviously what you picked up on. I must have said something on my website that um, alluded to that. <laughs> uh, because that's my, you know, that's my joy. Uh, I was an actor for years and, and I, I do love the art of storytelling. And I do think it's, you know, to me, the po- poetry and the words, they're, they're more of the same with the yoga. You know, the yoga is the poetry of the body and the words are the poetry of the mind and, and language and and um, the language that, that um, you know, pulls us all together. And, you know, these ancient languages that we don't even understand, but for some reason they pull us together, Sanskrit chanting. And, you know, mm. so there's so much richness in... I, I'm a lover of words, so just bringing them into the, you know, the body. And for me it was really important as well because it w- didn't really come from... I wasn't very sporty. I wasn't a physical, very physical person. And suddenly I'm here teaching yoga and I I really needed that root in the more in, in the words and the creative and the language and um, just the dance. I can even feel it, you know, the dance of words in my mouth. Mm. Um, so, yes, I do. And uh, interesting, I remember it was Max Strom who said, um, uh, you know, try and try reading the same poem to someone at the start of a class and then when they're in Shivasana at the end when they've been a journey and you're going to have a whole you know people will be agitated at the start and yes, at the end they're so going to be saying where did that poem come from oh my god yeah. because we're open you know and that's w- this is why this pra- these practices were always offered um, come to the body you know um, settle the body settle the mind and then be and then you're open to receive so in other words then meditate you know then that ana diana um prepare the body and you know that's what the practices the physical practices were a preparation for the body so that we would be more open to this sort of universal language i guess Mm. and for me i find the universal language in poetry um and or or a beautiful story or a myth you know like um Mm. storytelling is our it's innate uh i love this idea that myths aren't created they're uh, in us they're in our you know the mythological tapestry of our system the other you know one of the bodies if you will Mm. um that isn't the physical body is that um resonance for these stories that bring us back uh to the bigger picture you Mm -hmm. know we're always looking for how can we anchor ourselves in something deeper than just this, you mm. know, and just this thought, just this physical manifestation? And, and I think stories actually, we take in information a lot easier through stories. Yeah. Because I, I think that ties back to being a child when your mum and dad will read you a story going to bed. That when you're teaching a class and you someone reads you a poem or a story, it's very nurturing. Mm. It's, it's very... Um, and and as you as Max and you said, like towards the end of a class, people are way more open to that. Like I've noticed, I I've tried to go too deep at the start of a class, like as in what I'm talking about, and I can see people feeling a bit agitated. They're moving <laughs> their hands and moving their feet, and I think, okay, I need to save this to the end. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but also, you know, like people are truth tellers. We're we're like. We crave the truth, even if we're living some sort of bullshit life, you know what I mean? Which we all are to a certain point. We're all, we all crave the truth. So in a, in a yoga class where somebody tells you a story that, that um, points, to the tr- points to a truth, you know, something that is, uh, has greater meaning to it, then people will, will believe that. They'll, it'll go into their system. And I think at the start of a class, you know, we're all up here. That You know, if you're not grounded yet and you're using the practice to come in and ground, it's all going to be up here. And then a story on top of that, you're not going to meet the truth. You know, you're just going to mm. meet a lot of words and a lot of bombardment and stimuli mm. that we already have too much of. So mm. it's that, yeah, it's, it's I suppose knowing as a teacher when to offer that and when it, it's ready to be received. Mm. Um, Sometimes I think, how much do I personalise this? As in, if I have a message uh, or um, a philosophy that I'm trying to get across, do I reference myself in it or do I reference us as people? And I sometimes think about, like, I I like to, I think when someone starts speaking, if, if it they make it personal, it's more interesting, mm. generally speaking. But then you don't want, like I've been talking lately about resilience and how like when shit goes pear-shaped in your life, you need to just kind of get uh, get your head up and keep going, as it were, essentially. And nothing can go your way all the time. And essentially, like you shouldn't be moaning. And to be 
to have um, to be able to endure suffering, as it mm. were. And when I'm in a class, I think, do I talk about myself? Because if I do, it makes it quite selfish, and also it sounds like I'm moaning. <laughs> <laughs> or do I? Uh, or, or sometimes it's wiser to talk about use the word we, because I've stopped using the word you. So I haven't. I won't say. Um, you might find that sometimes you feel down mm. or whatever. Um, for example, and instead say, we sometimes feel like we can feel down and therefore you're making it more communal. Mm. Um, have you, have, is that something that has been, you've thought about or? Sure, yeah. Of? And I, again, like everything, it's probably been a journey. I've probably spouted on about myself for far too long and then I've probably turned it into all <laughs> sorts of we and the community. And, and, I, <laughs> <laughs> and after 15 years of teaching, I've probably brought it back to what's the most simple thing here, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just every, it's just what you learn in yourself, isn't it? And then what what you're bringing in your class is just the most truthful version of that. So um, I would tend to try and speak of myself in the first person or speak of my experience in the first person, because like you say, I think it's more relatable. Um, and I think it 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 uh, helps you to avoid assum assumptions because mm -hmm. we don't actually know. We can assume that we all experience this, but we don't actually know that as our innate experience yeah. um so yeah so speaking in the first person i think is generally a good rule i think definitely not speaking in the you do this and i definitely don't that's probably <laughs> not <laughs> a recommendation <laughs> all you people down there who I'm still do this <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah but i i would also i think as a new teacher i would have felt the pressure or the desire as well to really philosophize and give a lot you know i think you come to this profession as uh, usually as, as uh, with some level of empathy and with wanting to help you know it's all from good intentions and you know you recognize that this practice has helped you so much and now you want to help other people and but it's also being careful that you're not projecting any of your own need to help mm. uh, on your students and actually that um, the practice is a is a whole science in itself and and if if we can allow ourselves to be brave enough to offer that. And then, of course, there are moments where philosophy, and I'm going to sound like the wanker I'm trying not to be right <laughs> now, but sometimes the philosophy does just come through you, you know, and if and and I, I don't know if you know, as it, if feel it as a teacher, but I certainly feel it when you when the philosophy just drops in and you offer it through and it's a very even exchange. There's no sort of, I want something from you, so I'm going to say this because I want to, audience or and I know the moments where I'll say something and I'll be like I was still a little bit of a wanker there you know <laughs> that was just a little a bit arsy. yeah a little <laughs> need in me that needed something that didn't need to come out right there <laughs> so you know it's just watching that and that's the gift of being of being in spiritual practice as a teacher is we're constant we're still constant we're the beginner you know mm. we're constantly learning what's truth what's truth but what but I, I do think it's important to every time we teach a class analyze what did I do there that I liked I mm. didn't like how could I change that yeah. to constantly do that because people often only give you feedback when it's good or, or they'll give you, you I mean I don't get any bad feedback well I'm sure there is or maybe there is but I don't I don't get any but so therefore I'm actually going to this thing next week uh, with Jerry Duffy uh, who's like Jerry. a public speaking expert and um, it's a one day immersion course like it's the whole day and we got a pair, pair of presentation and they'll tell us how we fared public speaking cool and I'm looking forward to being in an environment where people say and give me a list of things that I need to work on I don't know, it could be like eye contact could be body language could be the words I use the volume of my voice anything because mm. I've spent so long now uh, assessing people t training people to teach um yoga and teaching yoga myself that no one tells me like tr basically trains me essentially yeah, yeah i mean yeah, i've yeah. done i've done the odd uh, cb um continue cpd course yeah, yeah cpd yeah. course <laughs> i've done the odd one here and there but you don't get that one-to-one -one where no. the people break you down and i think you're making a really important point and it's one that's it, it you know is a continuous debate in the yoga world um but you know we're calling ourselves essentially therapists and we're under no direct supervision and every other you know uh, therapist you will ever sit in a room with is um, absolutely regulated and under supervision um 
you know, and is bringing back what they're taking in every, you know, week or month or, or whatever mm-hmm. it is to their supervisor, to their therapist, and they're in continuous learning and they're um, in continuous support. And I think that's a huge, huge topic um, mm-hmm. around the yoga world. And that's where you get into murky territory when you are philosophizing or you are sort of um, offering people help that is outside the structure of asana pranayam meditation you know because you're opening yourself up to something wider that um isn't particularly regulated actually. Yeah. yeah yeah no it's so true i mean i think that um that is i mean it's very easy to do a 200 hour course now or to host one i In think a day, actually, isn't it uh, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much <laughs> uh, and uh i've heard that yoga alliance are now changing a lot um it was on the Yoga Land podcast. They would have the lady on from Yoga Alliance, I forget her name, but she was saying how they're changing the regulations now to make it a bit more, a bit stricter okay. for people to come on. But yeah, I want to, I'm interested in my own development because I, um, I've realized the power of being or trying to be a good communicator, how much that can change your life, mm. um, every part of your life. And I, I'm fascinated by people like, Neil deGrasse Tyson or um, or Jordan Peterson. These people are like phenomenal speakers, mm. um, and um, or Brene Brown, mm. Brene Brown. Like these people, I think what separates them from everyone else? Why are, they're not saying anything that's new? Well, Neil deGrasse Tyson is probably, but um, you know he learned off someone else. He's his astrophysics, so they're not saying things that are necessarily new, but they're saying them in a way that's captivating mm. people. And I and I feel like I am sometimes trapped by my ability to communicate, and how when I met Jerry, for example, Jerry is a you can you can tell that he's really um, cro- kind of worked on himself to make him, him now a, like an exceptional communicator, mm. and it's just fascinating to see that. And and I and I I really truly believe what I plan to do next year. I haven't said this before, but I am plan to like host public speaking courses for yoga teachers great and and how do we learn to use to be better communicators not just mm. speaking but mm. non-verbal communication mm. and uh i find this whole area fascinating because it really goes back to what how we feel about ourselves yeah doesn't it how we and l- how we developed as, as children how mm. our parents uh, interacted with us and and that carries through in our life yeah. um but um i assume you've never struggled with public speaking because you're ever communicating ever. <laughs> uh, yeah no I've got that one down yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> um, well no I've definitely struggled so that's the, yeah but I am an actor or a, a trained actor and uh, and I have worked with my voice for many years um, and which was a definitely a plus to um, when I started teaching yoga it was helpful I knew how to stand up in front of a room and present myself but then there was obviously the the struggles of I'm not uh, performing when I'm in a yoga space so then mm. you know how do I integrate th- what I've learned and interact, as well. and, interact yeah. and um you know and I so oh god I certainly went through that first uh le- steep learning curve of I'm not here it's not me at the top of the room presenting a show to the audience you know mm. which I think is an easy trap to fall into when you're a new teacher because you know it creates a sort of a protective layer between you and uh, those people over there you know and, 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 and you know that's all part of the journey but it certainly didn't bring me much satisfaction and um and I wanted to be in the room sharing in a way that was completely authentic mm. um and having said that, I think that is the skill of, of communication for he, he being a human, you know, so it doesn't make any difference that I'm an actor or a yoga teacher or it's, you know, like you say, how can we just learn better communication skills because we want to be better human beings. Mm. And um, But but you must have learned um, being an ac- actor how, how to project your voice. And, and, that, and I think all of that stuff is really important, yeah. to, to, to that, that to be your base. Yeah. But I heard something brilliant the other day, and it was um, when you're doing a speech, because essentially when you're teaching a class, you're, it's, a, it's a series of speeches that you're making. Um, a speech is is not a monologue, it's a dialogue. Mm. You know, you're asking questions to the mm. people and you're gauging their reaction. And although I've referenced teaching a class to being like a performance before, because the, the, the classroom is like the stage, th- 
the 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 caveat there is that you're if you seem like you're just walking around prancing about the place giving instructions and just belting it out you're not showing any any empathy for the people that are around you. You're not checking in with them to see how is this going down with everyone else. And th- isn't that's yeah a whole lot of that. <laughs> Which I hope is the point. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, very often not. Um, yeah, yeah. And you're so you're in a conversation. Like you say, you're in a non-verbal conversation. You might be speaking, but their bodies are certainly speaking. And mm. if you listen to, I even yeah. listened to the awful Bikram, Bikram documentary, which I'm sure you'll bring up in many podcasts, but I did listen to that the other night. And uh, um, somebody mentioned that Bikram's gift was that he could literally get in the body of his student and know exactly, yeah, literally, um, but know exactly what was going on, feel it in his own body. And I, I've heard that reference to Iyengar before, and I understand that, you know, as a good teacher, we are in a conversation with our students' bodies. Um, and if you are so busy, you know, spouting off what I'm going to say next, then it's very hard to be embodied yourself as mm. a teacher. And I think you do need that level of awareness that... Um, brings you in in inside each student's experience to a certain point mm. because you know at the end of the day you are really teaching you are uh, 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 teaching a practice that works that is helping another human to feel you know to feel on a deeper level so that they can have a deeper experience mm. um and if your experience is taking a, or if your teaching is taking away from that then you have to question why mm. because that's what your students have come from and that's what you you know have a duty to to offer mm. um i think that's that's where charisma is great and very important but narcissism is <laughs> narcissism not so is great no exactly <laughs> not so great but and, and that is something that we um that's why i'm really conscious of teaching too many classes mm. that i would it just it would at one stage i was teaching 20 classes a week and it was Ooh. becoming like robotic almost sure, and yeah. i thought i need to do less and make them more impactful. Now, I'm not saying, I'm sure there's some people out there that can teach 20 classes and make everyone very, very fresh, but I found I didn't have the emotional capacity to do that. Yeah. So now I'm doing like, t- I think I do like nine a week maybe, yeah. and uh, and other things, obviously. Um, what's your what's your schedule like? Well, in, when you said the 20, I nearly cringed because I, I, there was once upon a time that I think I had 19 classes in London yeah. in one week. Oh, wow. And totally burned out, you know, totally and utterly. And uh, so my schedule is, it's it's probably not even worth uh, going around the houses with at the moment because I've just moved back from London in June and found out very quickly that I was pregnant and I'm now rescheduling my life around living in another country and mm-hmm. having a baby in two and a half months so my schedule is a little bit all <laughs> over but uh, but I do I mean I, I, I work and uh, um, but I work to a comfortable level and I've had to really learn that you know like I I, I was uh, as an actor I was someone who came from the point of view that when you have work you take it yes is the first word on your you know your vocabulary Mm. um you say yes to every every job going when you're not working as an actor you're jobbing as something else so that was the yoga um and yeah and then I've had to learn the hard way probably how how that affects everything actually Mm. um and only very recently have I kind of tapped into this um idea that when we are working that much we have to look at why and you know you hear about workaholism but you don't really associate that with yoga do you like (laughs) it's like they don't go hand in hand (laughs) but if you're receiving so much from your uh teaching practice and your students and there's a lot of sort of interplay there there's a lot of intimacy actually in that room um you will sort of fill yourself up and when then you have to uh, address the other areas in your life, your own intimate relationship, your play, your fun, you know, mm. your rest. Um, you're doing up, you're putting your bath in your recording studio and <laughs> doing up As your you house. <laughs> <laughs> you need to leave, you know, that's the yoga. Again, it bring, it's back to, you know, uh, uh, where have you overexerted and is it, healthy is it are you in balance are you in balance you know Mm. and I think it's very easy I I don't know why so easy with this teaching practice of yoga but to overwork actually Mm. and over offer and over give and then we're into the whole 
realm of codependency and over empathic personalities and you know mm. all of that where so just looking you know constantly looking at what where can I readdress the balance mm. and um and and create a healthy work life everything you know mm. ensemble for myself yeah yeah I mean I, as you said um the given your the changes in your life now you've had to um you, you'll be able to serve people that that need it i mean that i think um you know because i know you you, um, you in your website talks about retreats and stuff like this but i assume mm. now retreats are kind of out the window for a while yeah well it, it's interesting because my overworking probably would have been retreats the last few years i was really committed to teaching quite a lot of retreats i work for retreat companies and mm. um and it was great and I got a, you know, I, I, at the time I was single and I was traveling all over the world and I was teaching and had very little responsibility. But I, so I was able to give so much to my work, you know, so I did nearly five years like that. Um, and and now at that's a very big shift, you know, mm. now I'm back in Dublin and uh, I just taught my last retreat in Morocco last week. Nice. Not last for life, you know, but last for this side <laughs> of, of life anyway. And um, yeah, so no, I, I will park that. But, you know, the like a, I suppose being pregnant now has opened up a new um, aspect of my own life. So it's, mm -hmm. made, it's made me look at, you know, why aren't there retreats for uh, mums with young babies? And, you know, surely that's the time women want to go away and... Mm -hmm. Um, do they take the babies with them or do we organize it? You know, so it's it kind of opened up a whole new avenue mm. of exploration. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's definitely needed. And um, before I let you go, I have a question. Yeah. One second. Let me check the, the old, the old gram. Cause go someone sent it. it on Instagram. Oh, right. Okay. That's yeah, yeah. That happened. That happened. Yeah. Great. Yeah. No, one second. One, one um, question. <laughs> just I'll just well, to well, pick one well, out of the long list. Well, your your Instagram. <laughs> you, uh, now I've only known you for forty five minutes, but your Instagram. You need to get on it. Oh, do I? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm a bit, it, yeah, it, I'm a bit passive in that. You're area. passive, yeah. Yeah. So if I go to my stories now, um, does it, none of this is edited, by the way. So people <laughs> are just watching me searching my phone, which <laughs> is. Um, Okay, so if I go to my story, no Instagram, I can talk a little bit about Instagram while I'm doing that. I'm currently kind of telling my girlfriend about how to use Instagram, and, okay. and um, there are some things about Instagram that aren't great, but um, the one thing that is great about it is it's it. Whenever something's happening, I check Instagram. As right. in, like, if someone's doing a workshop or, or um, a retreat, I check their Instagram. I'm not going to check their website because I don't know when it was updated. Sure, yeah. Uh, I don't know if yeah. they have a website designer, but I know their Instagram is their own personal thing. Uh-huh. Um, the dog has started barking. So, <laughs> <laughs> let's have a look. Um, oh, will you... There's two questions. Oh. Will you get back into acting? Ooh. Um, well, I never quite planned to get out of acting. It just left me more than anything. Um, I trained as a yoga teacher whilst I was doing probably the biggest show that I'd done for Showtime in Canada. And uh, I, I took a break and I trained as a yoga teacher and the yoga took over. Like literally that was the energy of it. Mm. Um, I never tried to quit acting. Uh, it just happened. Uh, I still uh, do a lot of voice acting. So I, I've just sit in a studio like this often mm. um so in that sense i feel like yeah but i also f wonder if maybe um it's something that will come back to me yeah so i'd love mm. i would love if it came back so if there's any big directors listening <laughs> to this podcast <laughs> hey. i'm available <laughs> okay oh this is a deep one. Will you marry me? <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, uh, by the way, that question, uh, would you get b back in Daphne, was by Natty Comic Comics. Uh, cool. Yeah, there you go. Um, I can't pronounce this person's name, so I'm not going to. Um, but thank you for the question. Habi Botello. Nailed it. Uh, oh, that's right. the, that's okay. the name, oh, I'm sure. It's not um, <laughs> <start> a question. Uh, <laughs> how can we get more in tune with nature? a part of the outside world we seem to have lost sensitivity to. Mm, beautiful. Lovely question. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Well, yeah, I think um how can we get how can we get more in touch with nature the part of ourselves we've lost sensitivity to? I mean, I, I feel like it's answered there. The nature is it's 
it's around, isn't it? It's around us. It's begging us. Exactly. Trees. It's begging us to come and be in in the language of nature. I always bring it back to language, actually. Um, you know, and I know the side of myself when I get a little hard and brittle in my in myself. I'll notice that I'm I kind of, you know, I I get out of the natural the, the natural world very easily. Mm. And then so something like going for a walk in a forest or is like an anchor back to that. It's a therapy, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So how do we do that? I suppose on a really practical level, get yourself out in nature every day, make it a practice mm -hmm. Um, surround yourself with things that bring you back to the elements, you know, candles in your living room and plants in your bathroom. And, um, strip it back to what is already readily available in in our mother big mother gaia mm. our mother earth um because our world is designed to move us away from that so easily mm. yeah uh, and, and, and i'd like to add to that if, if i may on my <laughs> podcast <laughs> but um is um get become a dog parent oh so yeah so well dog owner if you but um because i have a dog now and five o'clock in the morning i'm outside <laughs> walking him around waiting for him to go to the toilet and i'm outside and normally in the in the morning times i wake up and i look at my phone but now i wake up and yeah. i have to get him outside as quickly as possible because you know i don't want to go toilet inside and i get outside put him outside i've got my dressing gown on and i've got my rain jacket over it and <laughs> like some sandals on i'm walking around and i'm looking up at the sky and it's dark and i think I never look at the sky yeah, anymore. Wow. Like, it, especially at night time, I'm never yeah. looking up. Yeah. And then in the morning, I, I run him. Uh, we like this morning, we did about 1K in the park, just around the park, Beautiful. put the wets on. Um, so if you get an, if you have an animal in your house, I think that really brings yeah. you back to nature yeah, because yeah, well, yeah. the animals are so simple and they, you've got to get, take them for a walk. Often now we don't need to walk anywhere. We're just yeah. like, oh, I'll just take the car or take a bus or yeah um, we've come become disconnected in every sense yeah. right yeah it's so hard to kind of think i'm just going to get up now and I go for half an hour walk because yeah. sometimes you think oh i could be doing my admin or whatever instead yeah so um and just to because you did yeah. pick up on it there about the, the night sky still being dark when you go out um in the yoga practice they do speak about the amrit vela and i think in the celtic spirituality we t we call it the gloaming which are these beautiful um uh, offerings of the same thing and it's the moment before dawn breaks um, and in fact the moment before dusk as well when uh, the veils are supposed to be thinner and we can really access those worlds um, much easier so we're not quite living in our sort of brittle hard intelligent minds and mm. we're a little bit more uh, accessible you know to a bit more open mm. so if you can get yourself up at five with your dog or with your spiritual practice. <laughs> um, I'll still be in bed, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's kind of forced upon me, but I, I, I'm, 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 I've adapted, really. Mm. Um, and it's... Yeah, there's something really lovely about animals where they're so simple. You know, you just, they, they just need a bit of love, a bit of attention. Mm. And if I leave the house for four hours and i come back he's mad to see me yes. if i leave the house for a minute and come back he's he's still is <laughs> like as if i've been away for four hours so um yeah he's great um but um well so uh, to, to wrap it up um if people want to find you mm -hmm. and do your next workshop yeah so well uh, as you pointed out you will find my instagram <laughs> and you'll find me on it uh Sometimes. So Joanne Kingstaff. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can check out my website for any workshops, uh, joannekingyoga.com. Right, um, okay. Yeah. When's it, have you got the next one scheduled Yeah, there's a pregnancy yoga workshop scheduled for sometime in January. Uh, I can't quite remember the, it's sometime near the end of January. Okay. Um, and a couple of kind of ongoing regular classes at Yoga Dublin and uh, Oriel and Sandy Mount and... Um, Where so in Sandy Mount? Oriel, small, sweet, sweet yoga space. Oh, I've never heard of it. In Sandy Mount. Oriel? Oriel, yeah. yeah. What A -R -I -E -L. I have no idea, actually. Mm, okay. We must find out. <laughs> we must find <laughs> out. So, Oriel and Yoga Dublin, and then your workshop in January is going to be in Reformation, yep. maybe? 
Yeah, I've never been there. Yeah, I've great. Yeah, they're all great spaces. I mean, that's one of the things of uh, being outside of Dublin for n- nearly seventeen years and coming back is um, all these incredible spaces and openness to yoga practice and all these things that I wasn't aware of until I came back. So uh, mm. it's another great space in Dublin. Yeah, it's really cool. There's a it's, there's a, a lot happening in the yoga kind of spirituality space and uh, loads of things. And I think that's because. Maybe less and less people are drinking now. And we're looking or going to mass, and we're looking for a way to to socialise that isn't maybe the pub. Even though the pub can be great as well, <laughs> you, know. you can do both. You can do both, yeah. <laughs> just not beer and yoga at the same time. <laughs> that's a, yeah. Um, so, Joe, um, that's it. Thanks so much. My for, pleasure. For Thanks a million, Kevin. Thanks a million. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. This podcast was brought to you by Small Changes Organic eco-friendly store here in dublin that do loads of good stuff for the community where you can buy toothpaste charcoal based you can buy um green stuff to put in a smoothie you can buy loads of stuff there and uh, go out check them out maybe go and get a coffee from their coffee shop which has just opened down in colmainham if you have oh i probably i said this at the start but if you have any questions or comments you can actually leave them on my whatsapp So my WhatsApp, a link to it is going to be in the show notes and also underneath the YouTube video if you're watching this on video. And all you've got to do is click on that and you can actually leave a voice note for me. I'll then play your note on air and we'll talk about your question or comment live, which is pretty cool. Um, You can also, I'm going to introduce phone-ins. So I'm going to announce when the next podcast is going to be. Let's say if it's like a high-profile guest. And then you can actually call in while it's happening and ask questions. So oh, I can't wait. It's going to be great. I mean, this could take a while to get going because uh, this podcast is uh, has got a long following, but it's quite a small following. So I really appreciate you, you all. Um, but yes, feel free to call in. I'd really that'd be fantastic. And uh, if you have any reviews you'd like to leave, do so on iTunes. And if you'd like to share it with a friend or tell a friend, that'd be great as well. I hope you have a great week. Look after yourself, enjoy your practice and namaste.